0: Hello, friends. Welcome to the Bible Project Daily Podcast. If you've been here for a good while, you'll know that this project is to work through the entire Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. But today, we begin something slightly different for a short period about two weeks. My plan is for us together to work through the whole Bible, and that will take the form of looking at and working through books of the Bible but going through the Old Testament and the New Testament alternatively. So we get a balance and feel of the full revelation of God as revealed through the whole Bible. Season one, of course, was the book of Genesis. And now we've just completed season two, which will be Matthew. And if you've been following me along, you'll know that the next book we'll be planning to work through together should be the book of Exodus. Now, in the past, I had previously preached through pretty much all of the whole book of Genesis, and Matthew had been covered a great deal in both my preaching and teaching, so in many ways, a great deal of the preparation, certainly the framework of the preparation have been done. But as we approach the book of Exodus together, I'm acutely aware that I've probably only studied in depth about 30 to 50% of this book. So what I'm doing is I'm going to be uploading over the next 12 or 13 days a bonus season, which is taken from an audiobook that I made available to my Patreons on the Patreon website a little while ago. It is a book of what's called technically, I suppose, Christian apologetics, and it rose out of some defences of the gospel that I had to make when I was studying theology back in the 1990s. It was originally written in 2010 and was in fact published in 2012. A thousand copies were made and I was very satisfied that over a period of time those copies did sell out. However, the publisher of those books no longer existed, so the book came back into my personal copyright ownership. And the decision was made in 2021 to consider revising and releasing the book for publication. But since the pandemic and the launch of my podcast, my perspective has really changed and I am very focused on making all of my material, all of my teaching, writing and Bible study material available freely to all who would wish to access it and benefit from it. Which is when I made the decision to actually not only make the PDF of this book available, but also the audiobook recording of it. And I did that initially a few months ago by putting it on my Patreon website. And this is the plan and the route I mean to go from here on in with all my materials. Patreon will still be the place where early access and bonus material will be made available. But it will, at appropriate time, be used in the other podcasts and teaching and preaching that I do. So by utilising this window and creating this bonus season three, if you like, the important thing from my point of view is going to give me a couple of clear weeks to really focus on my study and the preparation of the framework on how I should approach this entire book of Exodus. Something that I think will take between 40 and 45 days for us to work through. So the bottom line is, enjoy the book. I hope you find it beneficial In many ways, I wish I could return and revise the whole thing because some of the arguments I put forward against some of the doctrines of the world, I think looking back on them, I could have done them better. I could have improved my presentation of the truth of the gospel in response to them. But hey ho, we are where we are today and my full focus these days is on the Bible Project podcast. So I do hope that you find it helpful the first episode today as the others will include the original introduction that i put on the patreon version of the audiobook so i've left that on which gives a little bit of the background and maybe perhaps if you feel that you're being helped or being benefited by my work you might consider going there and becoming a patron of my ministry yourself because without the help and support of my patrons I really would not be able to do this work and make it freely available in the way I do. So anyway, that's it for now. So I'll see you at the end. And today, the first chapter you're going to hear today is the introduction and the foreword from that book. So with that said, it's bye for now. And I do hope I'll see you next time on the Bible Project Daily Podcast. Bye-bye now. patrons. Thank you so much for supporting my ministry. This is the first of what I hope and plan to be a slightly new perspective from the way I'm doing things. My plan is to use the Patreon website in the more traditional way that most people use it, which is to make freely available more and more of my back catalogue and special premieres of new material. The long-term plan going forward is to make all my teaching Freely available, but the place that I'm going to do it first and put bonus episodes is here on Patreon, where you, the select group, will get exclusive premieres of new material before it goes live on all the other platforms that I use. Over the next seven days or so, I'm going to be uploading an audiobook of my first book published originally in 2012 called Experiencing God Day by Day. I'm in the process of recording it chapter by chapter. And I'll be posting it here on Patreon for quite a while before I make it freely available to everyone. As ever, my patrons will get it first, but then it will be made freely available without cost on all the traditional platforms. A copy of the book is still available on Amazon if you search for it or follow the link to my author page. But there is a free PDF version of it also available for you to download as a patron. So with that said, thank you again for supporting me in my ministry and I hope you find this book helpful. It is basically an apologetic, a defence of the Christian faith against the major perspectives in the modern world in which we live, but I've tried to approach it in a way that's helpful to the contemporary issues that we all face today. Thank you again and I do hope you enjoy the book. Experiencing God Day by Day Read by the author Jeremy R. McCandless 2021 edition Copyright twenty twenty twelve Jeremy R. McCandless Author 2nd edition Copyright 2020 Jeremy R. McCandless All rights reserved ISBN 978 14716 Published by FLS Publishing Limited, registered company number 4246672. Acknowledgements. Thanks to my wife Paula for encouraging me throughout, from the seed of an idea to its final completion. For my son David, who always asks me those most difficult questions and has called upon me to explain and account for the faith I profess to have. For Hannah, who is both a friend and a daughter. Special thanks are to the Reverend Bill Ferguson, BD, for proofreading and critiquing the original 2012 manuscript and making numerous suggestions where he felt additions or improvements were justified. I am sure the finished project is more honouring to God because of his wise counsel. The scripture texts quoted, unless otherwise stated, are from the authorised edition of the King James Bible and the New King James Bible. Forward. What has happened to the modern man or woman that they seem to no longer have any intellectual space for even the idea of God? Why does it seem that many people wish to ridicule those who believe in God and dismiss all that arises out of that sincere conviction? At first sight, this small book may look like an attempt to explain the reasons why an individual might be a Christian and believe in God this is partly true however my primary purpose was to first try and take a step back and consider the very foundations of the christian faith in doing so i also want to consider how we might communicate those foundational eyes to the modern man or woman in the street these thoughts and christian principles are the ideas and the concepts upon which i believe our concept of civilization itself and our modern society has been built for over 2000 years now questions like how might a modern worldview connect with the idea of jesus if this modern world does not even accept that there is such a thing as absolute morality is there even a reasonable case to be offered for believing that god really exists Why might one expect any child growing up, for example, in a socially deprived area of the UK to be able to recognise the parenthood of God when they have no earthly experience to base that upon? How can a loving person, or even an adult for that matter, be expected to understand the loving fatherhood of God when they have never experienced anything like that or seen it modelled in their own real lives? The teachings of Jesus, and by implication one of the commissions of the modern Christian believer, is to challenge the generally accepted idea that truth is either non-existent or at best is impersonal. If we believe that truth is in fact impersonal, then the rules we hold on to in life will become more important than the people we live alongside. However, if truth is personal and if ultimate reality is based on love, then morality beautifies the world rather than enslaving it. Morality, based upon an understanding of the love of God, can enrich the soul rather than depersonalising it. Morality, viewed through the prism of Christ's teaching, returns love and adds value to the world and everything that really matters. In other words, this perspective will literally build up the human soul. These thoughts and reflections contained in this book are obviously those of an amateur and they're open to fair criticism. They are just thoughts that I've built up and built upon during conversations and experiences that I've had. Thoughts that have been accumulating in my mind for some time. They often sprang to life following lengthy discussions with ordinary people in everyday situations. When I managed to prompt people To discuss matters eternal. I now feel compelled to develop those thoughts and discussions in this series of essays. Furthermore, having truly experienced the presence of God in my preparation of this book, I now have a very human urge to share that experience with you. Dr. Samuel Johnson is believed to have said that people do not need to be taught new truths, just reminded of old ones. I have never claimed to have had an original thought in my life, but the urge to remember and represent some of these old truths for me has been overwhelming. To the non-Christian or those seeking a further understanding of the Christian faith, I would simply wish to offer a few steps forward in finding possible answers to take you further on your path of discovery and of faith. I do not pretend that these ideas discussed, or even my answers offers, are in any way definitive, and for some they may just raise further thoughts and questions. However, I do believe they might enable the reader to see God at work in the everyday, and give an individual a direction that may indeed lead them to a place where they can experience God for themselves, and in a personal way. The starting point for many today has shifted, and has been moved by the modern secular society from a position of what one might choose to believe to why it is foolish to believe in anything in the first place. My hope here is to simply to set out the reasons why I think it is not foolish to have a faith and why it is not necessary or naive, or even an example of wishful thinking, to believe in the God of the Bible. People throughout history have always been free to accept or reject the claims made in the story of Christ, as revealed in the Bible. However, today we see many who not only reject the Bible, but reject the whole idea of God, and also the need for any story of faith in the first place. This loss of narrative meaning that many today experience creates such a total loss of meaning that it can close down any emotional space left in the human being for God. In doing so, people lose out and they find that their most universal of human needs is not met. This is the need to be unconditionally accepted and to be loved. For those who profess the Christian faith, I hope the ideas considered here are helpful in enabling them to understand some of the cornerstones upon which our faith is built. I would also wish to offer a few possible answers to the commonly held questions that raise their heads among any of those who are earnestly seeking the truth. I trust also that some of the ideas discussed may enable believers to explain their Christian faith in a way that is relevant to people, where they can spiritually centre themselves and enable them to identify how to engage with others in a meaningful way. In my life, I've had the pleasure of knowing many great men and women, people who have lived out their Christian faith for 50, 60 and even 70 years. I recently had a conversation with one such man. In his early 80s now, he was a history graduate from one of the UK's top red brick universities. Now retired, he had previously taught history and classics for over 40 years in several state secondary schools throughout the United Kingdom. All of his life, he had tried speaking and living out the good news that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him might have eternal life. Whenever he had the opportunity, he always engaged with people about the truth of the Christian message, telling them that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. In our conversation, he noted how in recent years, things had changed dramatically. The usual reaction these days, he said, is that I'm thought of as quite mad. One person told me last week that I must be from another planet to believe things like that, particularly in this day and age. What has happened, I wondered, that this intelligent, articulate man is often viewed as some sort of eccentric or worse still, just an idiot? What has happened that a life exemplified by good works and high ethical standards is looked upon as eccentric and irrelevant? In 2012, I came across some research done by market research company, Banu, in which they stated among many statistics that 85% of people born after 65 no longer believe in absolute morality, or that there is no such thing as absolute truth. Many of them even go so far as to say that there's no such thing as right and wrong. I'm sure the percentage is even higher today, The question at the heart of morality still cries out, what makes something right or wrong? Why do people talk about rules and other people just talk about principles? Why do some talk about punishment and others' consequences? How can the message of Jesus be relevant to someone who hasn't even woken up to the thought that their view of God might in some way matter? The philosopher Immanuel Kant said that there are only two things that move mankind to wonder, the starry heavens above and the moral law within. The modern mind may think that the idea of a moral law is irrelevant, but try telling that to the man or woman in the street, that it does not matter that, that for instance, an innocent child has died at the hands of a paedophile. Tell them also it means nothing when they're betrayed by their wife or their business partner or even their closest friend. I suspect if you do that, their views might change. It is only when such events engage our sense of outrage that a moral and emotional space is finally made for God. The purpose of this book is to open up that space, not only in the mind of the seeker, but in the thought of the Christian believer also so that we might effectively engage with the world from a point of view of understanding where individual people currently stand. Here are some of the reasons why I think it is important to consider these matters. If we do not emotionally meet with people where they actually currently are in all our conversations about matters eternal, the risk is that the God in whom we believe might be obscured or even distorted by our stated reasons for believing in him. If I tried to explain why I love my wife just by telling you and listing a lot of things she does for me or her specific attributes or talents or how attractive she looks, you might reasonably be mistaken for thinking I love her because of what she does for me or those particular attributes. Those things I've described rather than saying that I first love her for who she is this book should be viewed as a starting point. It does not attempt to go into matters beyond the eternal starting points of faith, and you will find no mention of many biblical matters of truth, not because they are unimportant or untrue or irrelevant, but simply because they go beyond the limit of what I have simply set out to communicate here. To put it simply, I feel like there's little value in discussing with someone, say, the authority of scripture or the creation of the universe, or even the person of Jesus, if that person does not even know if they believe there's such a thing as truth, or right or wrong, or even if God actually exists. It is difficult for a person to believe that they can be saved from their sin when they do not even know if they believe there is such a thing as sin, or even right or wrong. Part of the story of a Christian believer is to explain why they believe in God, But in this day and age, it is also to point to a space where others can find such belief, to draw people to a place that is not only emotionally, but also morally and intellectually viable. To make sense of the Christian belief, for which I am truly thankful, has been part of the narrative story of a very large part of my life. A belief without which I would find the world to be a moral vacuum, and life but a spiritual desert. A belief that has allowed me to see my fellow human beings not as representing geographical, economic or racial groups, but rather simply as objects of God's love. Seeing humans as God sees them, since seeing people as God sees them, as individuals, individuals that he loves and for whom Christ died individually. In understanding this, I believe a connection can be made. A relationship may be established between the love of God and the love of our neighbors. Christians might then be able to communicate the view that humanity is truly made in God's image and it is impossible to separate these two truths. The message of Christianity, I believe, will then become a message of love, grounded in morality and the truth that recognises that all humanity is made in the image of God. And in knowing this, then we might truly see God's law written on our hearts. Thank you. Enjoy the book. Okay friends, this is Jeremy McCandless back again on the Bible Project Daily Podcast. I do hope you find that interesting and that you'll stay with me through this short bonus season, season three, which is going to be the audiobook version of Experiencing God Day by Day, before, as I said at the beginning, we return and kick off our major study together through Exodus. Can I remind you that the Bible Project itself is hosted always on the bibleproject.buzzsprout.com website, and it's there you'll find all the active links to all the places where you can connect with me and my ministry. It's also the place where I put additional free resources for you to access, things like a transcript of each and every episode of the main podcast, along with links to places like my Patreon and Buy Me A Coffee page, where you can partner with this ministry, but also places like the YouTube channel and LinkedIn, other places where I put other teaching material in other formats, sometimes more structured discipleship-type courses, but you can find all of that stuff there. Thank you again for joining me today, and we'll be back tomorrow where it will be the opening chapter of the main text of the Experiencing God Every Day, which asks the question, who came first? And really is an attempt to answer those who take an unnecessary critical and what they believe to be scientific worldview and set it in opposition to the Christian message and the message of the Bible. So I do hope you'll be back tomorrow and that you find that helpful. If you are here for the first time today, don't forget to click on the subscribe button and that way you need never miss again another single episode of this podcast. And in fact, you can join with that huge community of people who have together with me decided to study the Bible every day and make it part of the rhythm of their daily life. New episodes are posted every day, Monday to Friday. But that's it for today thank you again. I really appreciate and value you being here. It's just an encouragement to see all those people all around the world, all of you, in all the different countries that you're based in, downloading and listening to my podcast. So thank you again, and I'll see you tomorrow. Well, it'll be tomorrow for me on the Bible Project Daily Podcast. Bye-bye for now.